What's up, beautiful people? Happy Friday. It's Women's Wrestling Talk Live Friday edition. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about the AEW Women's Division and all the turmoil surrounding that. The SummerSlam card, what's going on with Becky and Trish, and so much more. Keep it locked. We'll hear it next. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the Friday edition, y'all. It's a great Friday. We got a lot to talk about. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the AEW Women's Division. There's a lot of turmoil surrounding that. The SummerSlam card coming up this weekend in the great, beautiful Detroit, Michigan. And luckily, you don't have to hear my voice all day. I'm not alone. I'm joined by some great gents. Mr. Booney Mayfield is with us. Booney, What's how you up? Doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. Happy Friday. Good. Yeah, happy and, Friday, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm good. Week. Yeah, can't complain. It's a nice week. I'm representing Colorado today because it was uh, August 1st. It was Colorado Day. So, you know, I wanted to represent for today with that. So, mile high salute. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got our boy DJ Chucks streaming live from the International House Flapjacks. <laughs> I, I, it has been a crazy day. I had to leave the studio to take care of something at the last minute. Could not get back to the studio on time. So I'm saluting you guys on Happy Friday with a splash berry in front of me. So if, I, if you have there to take go. an order in the middle of this, please don't mind. <laughs> all good. All good. We're going to go ahead and kick this off like real hot. There's been a lot of discourse and the IWC and the wrestling space over an interview that was just had recently. And it was by somebody who is a, a Canadian performer uh, by the name of Lufisto. She had a, a interesting take on everything going on with the AEW women's division and had some thoughts that were really alarming. And the fact that she's still in contact with some of the women's talent um, that are, very, are basically having not great experience in the division. And it's brought up kind of, thoughts of what Big Swole was echoing during her tenure and then her absence and leaving uh, the company, but also the fact that things are kind of gatekept in division. We got to remember, this is on the heels of just recently, however that cameraman did it, that sign that said, book the women's division better, was right on an AEW Dynamite television screen. So, I mean... I don't like to invalidate people's experiences by any means. And I've seen some people try to come to the aid of the company, but the women's division has been an issue for quite a long time. Gentlemen, what do you guys think of this story that is pretty much taken the week by storm? Here's what I, the question I need to ask first, how long did Tony storm hold the, the women's title? Can anybody give me that stat in the chat? Cause I was trying to think of it earlier. Was it four months, three, four months? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how long. I remember, and, and, remember it, but I'm not sure how long. And see, that's the problem right there. Like, Tony Storm is a phenomenal wrestler and not can be remembered a lot of her ring, unfortunately, except for the blunder calling her first ring an interim champion. The we, we have said multiple times on this show how the long-term booking of that division has seen issues. And may I add that I'm very happy that Hikaru Shida is getting a second reign in front of people because she was undoubtedly one of the uh, pandemic MVPs. 
So I'm glad she's getting a second reign in front of people. But I felt like the win wasn't the biggest meaningful pop because there was little story to I mean there was there's been some back and forth between them and the outcasts over the last couple of months, but it wasn't like a big blow off of oh she finally, you know, got over and, and put one on the outcasts. So I'm glad it was the main event for this week of Dynamite, but it seems like there was a disconnect in terms of the long-term booking of it, of where to go next. And this is, like you said, this has been a, an issue for months with their division. They're, I don't know what the immediate fix is. I don't know if it's going to take more long-term booking, although we can say the company across the street is throwing out arguably the one women's match besides Shayna and, and Ronda with, with, we'll probably get to that a little bit later, and they're taking it off the card. They built up Becky and 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 Trish up for months. Now they're taking it off the card. But I guess we'll talk about that a little later on. So I don't know, man. They they got a lot to figure out. What is what is going on in the, who is fully booking the women's division right now? The last thing I heard was it was it Omega that was headed the women's division. Who is booking the women's division right now? That's what. But that's who we we don't know is 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 the assistant booker for that. Does anybody know that information? No, I recall that being some time ago. I don't know if that's that's still the case, but the yeah, this this was like a lot to take in, man. And it reminds me of like when you hear about the old days of of locker rooms, how things can be very cliquish and kind of standoffish, yeah. not very welcoming. And that's what the vibe was that was described by Lefisto. And again, this is somebody's experience. If somebody else's experience is completely different, then more power to them. Because you see. Uh, Renee Paquette, um, MJF, Soraya, that are saying different things about the locker room just in the past couple of hours. But she said she, from her experience, that the division doesn't work to the gatekeeper, and it's not going to get any better until people start standing up. Um, and the fact that people might be too scared at risk of losing their jobs or not getting TV time or things of that nature is why it's still in the issue that it's in. Now, one thing, the, the Sheeta title change is interesting because it's kind of like we we're going to all in and you know if you were she kind of held it down during the pandemic times when we didn't really have any live audiences this is very good it's cool to see but i feel like a lot of the vision in AEW centers around just a, a couple people it's like you had jade in her orbit and everybody who was allowed to enter her orbit then you had Britt in her orbit and now you had everything going on with the outcast and since Hater got hurt and things like that, you can't really do things that you want to do. So yep. it's like, there's nothing, there's no layers. There's no like, hey, we're elevating this next person, things right. like that. There's, it just seems like it's just, I don't want to say it's just thrown together last minute. I think there's a lot yeah. of talent in that division, but the storytelling, like you said, the long-term robberies, the feuds, it seems like they, there's no plan B when something goes yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. It it to me it seems like because of the booking, it's become deeper than the booking, and 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 much worse because it, it seems there's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of um, like like I said, the clickish type of. It's like it like she was comparing it to high school. And, and that's the case in a lot of things still in adult life. Like, that's just, that's one thing I've learned over time is, like, a lot of people don't really change after high school anyway. 
you know, they, it's just like they can maintain bills and, and and all that stuff. But you've seen from social media and the way that people talk to each other and the way people gang up on each other, they haven't really changed that much since middle school or high school. So it's just like I, I look at it like the booking because there's limited you, you look at the same things when when there's limitations. Uh, to the to the point of where it's it's like blocking opportunities and stuff, and there's just like a little bit that uh, you know, for people that creates more competition amongst the people trying to you know get get their chance within this, especially when you have a lot of people, and then it becomes. Can can you guys hear me? So yes. Okay. No, no we, we can hear you, man. My, okay. my bad. I wasn't looking, man. They asked. Me oh, okay. Me. So, so yeah, yeah. So so that's 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 kind of a thing where it's just like that's in anything when there's just like limited opportunities and stuff like that for for a community of people then you know they are gonna have to compete with each other even more just to get those like opportunities and that creates some clicks that creates some more tension and stuff that didn't need to be there if there would have been better booking in the first place. But I don't know. It just seems like behind the scenes there is, you know, when you add on top there, there's, there's booking, but there's also people. There's, that's, that's the thing. These are people. And at the end of the day, the way people communicate is different the way, you know, and, and so you can have, plenty of situations where people butt heads because interpersonal communication skills is not as common as it should be. So I don't know. My thought is just that it, it, it's just, man, I just, I just wish there could be, you know, it just seems like the morale, like, like the morale is probably just really low with all of everything that's going on. And all, all that clearly. So it's just, I don't know. It's just unfortunate, man. It just, after all that's, you know, happened for the women's division over the past just 10 years, you know, for, man, for a lot of these limitations to still be, you know, prevalent today is kind of a shame, <laughs> if you ask me. There, there's no excuse. There's three shows. AEW has three shows now. Well, they it would it was used to be what four if you include the, the dark shows, but now they have three shows on national TV, and two of them are two hours, and one of them is an hour. So now you have five hours of television a day. Excuse me, five hours of television a week. There is no excuse not to branch out this division. There's enough time on TV. I, I don't I don't I don't understand what it's. It's not just Tony because. These these matches all have individual producers. I don't know who the producers are for these matches in AEW for the women's division, but and, and well, the I thing is, like, even the excerpts and her quotes were saying things like, it, "It seemed like the women weren't like they weren't even interested in working with her and communicating even before this match. They didn't know, so she didn't know what she should do because her partners in that." six man six women tag weren't even communicating with her before that's how standoffish things were so that's yeah. it, it speaks to a uh environment of toxicity yeah even outside of the booking like yeah. backstage yeah. that it's almost like like it, uh, the way i took it was kind of the crabs in a bucket syndrome like there is no unity 
yeah, yeah, crabs in a barrel. That, is, there uh, any, is there any veterans that, like in the women's division? Obviously, we can name someone on the men's division, but is there anybody in that women's locker room? And please, someone, I mean, obviously, you, th- you could think of Soraya, you know, Soraya could be an example. I'm talking about vets who have 15, 20 years in the game, not just started five, 10 years ago in the Indies. Like, is, is any woman in there a true woman, you know, locker room leader to go, hey, this is not how shit's going to go. This is how we're going to to communicate and really make this thing happen. Because when you have a bunch of, you know, wrestlers who may have five, ten years in or that or maybe an equal leveling of experience, you know, maybe that's an issue internally of there's no vet in the locker room kind of checking the, you know, the, the childish behavior. I don't know if that could be a reason. Yeah. Still... Santana and Chad is saying Madison Rain would be a name. Serena Deeb. Right. Serena Deeb's a big one. I, I just don't know what is. I, I, so I, I, we, we say here, here's something that just came out that, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it because when you have somebody who is vocal against somebody's experience, it, it does create a, a larger sense of divide. So MJF just took the Twitter just within the past couple hours, and he says, if you listen to miserable people who never made it in this sport, that's not exactly the brightest thing to do. Use your brain. If someone's been in professional wrestling for over a decade and you find them to be talented, but they've never truly panned out, there's a reason for it. Lack of talent, difficulty to work with, just to name a few. People love to talk ill of companies and will say things like, I'm the only person who's brave enough to speak up, when in reality, the only reason you're spewing bullshit is because you are aware deep down you aren't going to make it. So what's the harm in spewing reckless lies and trying to hurt hardworking talent people on your way down to obscurity? We have an amazing women's locker room. Sorry, not sorry. So that's vehemently combating uh her story and possibly her truth. I feel like that's the wrong way to go about it, but how do you feel when you have like that side that's totally denying it when we've heard this in the past this isn't the first time this has come up about the women's locker room remember i said big swole had her issues and she didn't have a lot of people backing her from inside the company then so there could be just like this bubble of toxicity that's just being held down and not exactly getting fixed live on screen yeah yeah i i think that's it it's like you were saying such is like you know, you got to be sensitive to more sensitive people's um, experiences. Um, no one just, is denying that locker room's talent. It's the way that the talent's being used. That's why we're sitting there talking about it right now. <laughs> so I, what, I, I get MJF trying to defend the company, but the problem is not, is there talent? There is. The problem is the way the talent's being used. That's why we're sitting here talking about it. Well, I mean, what the thing that MJF has just pointed, what he's saying, and I think this is kind of, it almost goes into a generalizing in a sense. It's just like, okay, if someone in the past 10 years who's talented but hasn't, you know, made it to this or whatever, that means it basically like it's their fault. And and we're, we're talking about an industry when when we're talking about the industry of entertainment, there is a huge aspect that is beyond anybody's control. And that is the success in people, you know, being into it or not. 
Like, you don't really have control over that. So to, to place the blame on, you know, just do not place, but to say it in a way like, oh, well, if this person's been doing this for this amount of years and they're still struggling, but they have, you know, some some things that they've been through along the way and some struggles to downplay their struggles because they're not at the level of success as you and the others. It's just, I don't know. It just comes off a certain way, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of, it's very lowbrow, man. And yep. uh, Bose is in the chat saying that that may have gotten to, to Tony and maybe he's telling us how to do PR, PR damage control, which feels very accurate. So, yeah, I mean, he's still just answering the questions that she was given and telling about her experience because she was there to be a coach and mentor, yeah. to a lot of younger talent, and then right. this is what we have. So I don't, I don't see this discourse going away, especially when you have All In coming up and there, there might only be one women's match on the card, maybe two. We'll, we'll see. But we only, we only this know isn't one for the sure first time so we've heard of this. This, this isn't the first time we've heard it, of this. Yeah, now on top of that, it's not the first time. It's yeah, been so, I, yeah. I it, it it's kind of one of those reasons why a lot of people are afraid to speak up because then it's just like they may they may feel attacked, you know, in response in that that kind of way where it's just like, damn, you know, maybe the person who spoke for it doesn't even know that person's experience at all, and that could be and when when. And I, I think a lot of us have been in those kind of positions where it's like, who's this person? So they don't even know me. Like, who are they talking to? You know what I'm saying? We've all been through that kind of high school shit. And that's what's sad. This is technically high school shit with money. But yeah, a lot, that, of, a lot of pointing the finger. And he said, she said, and the truth there yeah. lies uh, somewhere. And yeah. Right. Somewhere. Really look deeply somewhere in the middle. Then we, we can clearly see it. But not a lot of people yeah. want to call it out. What we got next, guys? Yeah. So, well, from uh, that, well, then, I guess this is a good good segue into uh, what's going on with about SummerSlam with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus's match being pulled due to time constraints. So um, the, the, there's been a even a tweet from, uh, I think it was from Trish, where people are speculating. They don't know if she was talking about this specifically or something else, but it just, I think it said she's sick of this shit. And it, I think that was posted maybe last night and whatnot. And so here we are with this. I, I, I mean, I went off last week <laughs> about a lot of this stuff. So I'm just, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go into the whole repeat, but this, this just points back to what, like, I just, damn, man, man, Stephanie, man, Stephanie, please. Please come this, back somehow, please. This this speaks to I know I, I preach about long term storyline anytime I'm on this show, and looking at the SummerSlam card right now, it's a strong card. There's no doubt about that. A lot of strong matches, but they pulled one of the matches that has one of the longest running storylines this year. This rivalry between Trish and Becky dates back to pre WrestleMania. This is this is nine months of. It's seven, eight months of storytelling that should come ahead at SummerSlam. Makes no sense not to make this match happen at SummerSlam. I mean, I understand that that 
Rhonda and, and Shayna is a big money maker, and they kind of rush that storyline because Rhonda's on her way out, as, as from what we've been speculating. But there's been no buildup to that, even though we've been wanting that rivalry to happen. This has had buildup. And the other match, and, and we also got to talk about Rhea Ripley as well. Although we have um, the triple threat match that's going to happen for, for between Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka, which, by the way, uh, Cedric, I was thinking about what you said about Asuka always being the third woman out because there was that, that tag team match on SmackDown last Friday, and Asuka was nowhere to be seen at all. No interference, nothing. Mm-hmm. Had no play in that match. And I'm like, is she not in this match or what? So that match rightfully should be there. Rhea Ripley is one of the biggest stars in the company right now, male or female. How she is not on this card is... And then you also get rid of the match that has the women's match that has the biggest buildup. Makes little sense to me. And and I understand that, you know, you got WWE's got to get their money. We got the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Of course, we know the long-term history of Slim Jim and, and wrestling. And I just remember being at WrestleMania and the amount of booze for every single sponsored match, the TurboTax <laughs> match. <laughs> every the time booze of- was so hard. It's so oh, soft. Kind of same mouth. The boo! <laughs> I think, was it, wasn't the Bud Light sponsored matches, was that last month? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the last paper? At Money in the Bank, they have the, the Bud Light replays and shit like that. Look, I understand. You got to make your money. It's a business. I'm not mad at that at all. I understand that. I but, think we're gonna segue. We're gonna segue back to that. In, in, in yeah, but, but to, to get to, to you yeah. to not make room for a match that is two of your biggest stars past and present in the company, and it has a long term rivalry. I I don't. Get I, it. I, I definitely disagree with it. I think this match definitely not having a Rhea match is huge because, and we yeah. know that it's going to yeah. be possibly Rhea versus Raquel at some point. And the, the story is there. They've been slowly building it. But this having a build since WrestleMania, and you talk about a Hall of Famer and Becky, who's possibly one of the only women on the roster that can do feuds outside of the title picture. Like, you, you got to have those type of things. But let, yeah. let's double back. Let's talk about that Slim Jim joint real quick. So we they announced <laughs> yeah. they had a multi-layer partnership uh, with Slim Jim, and it's the largest sponsorship deal in history, which is why we're going to get this battle royal. And this is a way to segue the reasoning to kind of sneak LA Knight in the card. Let's let's say what it is. We're gonna get LA Knight on the card. You want to use the pop to have that moment, the social media views and things like that. And is it fair? Absolutely not. But you like you said, the company's gonna continue to take their money. We've seen this these branding partnerships, these deals. We had the Mountain Dew Dark match with Bray Wyatt against LA Knight. Uh Why is LA we've Knight had the cinnamon LA toast LA crunch <laughs> matches. NIL money. They're taking he, NIL money. It's the, it's the same thing. Got with NBA the, teams putting the sponsorship on that and the patches on the jerseys. Now it's like we get uh, it. We get it. Um, I, I'm telling you, just anytime cinnamon toast crunch match is with the, it makes me cringe so hard. Like how did that happen? They're they're just sneaking LA Knight into the company sponsored matches. Like bro, just give them a right match. Like, but still, that SummerSlam's gonna be three four hours. You can't give. 10, 15 minutes to Trish and 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 Becky, where Lita can pop out, and that would end that storyline. In the battle royale, I think Royals, that's what do, it is, though. A, I think they probably wanted to give them a solid twenty-five. Maybe you 20, can do 25. a battle royal in ten. But 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 the you problem is, 
The problem is, it seems like they're going to end the whole match on the end the story on a Monday Night Raw, not on the next pay per view. I know this right? is probably this is this is anti what a lot of wrestling is today. Is not everybody deserves twenty minutes on the card. We don't need twenty minute classics from everybody. No, we don't need it. Some people just need ten to fifteen minutes, and I'm not specifically saying that for Trish and and, and Becky. But there are other matches that can go shorter. Everybody doesn't deserve 20, 30 minutes. So time it out and let everybody get a check. And I, and that's why I'm never mad at Battle Royals because I understand that's another way for more superstars to get their shine and most importantly get a check for the night. So I'm never mad at those. But they shouldn't take 30, 20, 30 minutes of your card. Especially when you have a, rival, a grudge match, you took off your, your card. No excuse. Yeah, and it sucks because, I mean, I, I get why it's moved and the money, the dollars, things like that. And they're moving it to, what, August 14th. Um, and if you want to say it's because it's going to be in uh, Winnipeg, Canada, I mean, for Trish. And Trish has already come out and said, that's not a home field advantage for me. That's not where I'm from. So, right. like, they are in, She's from Toronto. <laughs> they're, they're on social media definitely, like, just Yo, crapping on all of this. Because they, no, they feel like they deserve to be on the card, and rightfully so. They do. I mean, that's upsetting. That's really upsetting from all the buildup. And I've been enjoying this story, everything with Zoe. It's been a great storyline. And for them, that, it's just, I I don't understand it. And then, and then it goes back, and add Re on top of that, she has the damn belt. And it's like... <sighs> She's one of the oh, biggest. I, she's one of the biggest draws in the company right now. There's no woo, excuse. I'm just woosaw. I'm just woosaw and not 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 get fueled by the heat of last week. I'm I'm just man. This, I don't know. Yeah, man. But it, but tough. it's just like the respect. Like where's the respect? Where is the respect? And some change needs to come in some way. And. I don't know. Just sometimes when things like this, when it, it it just seems like a lot is piling on from it. And this is what happened like during, you know, just before the whole uh, women's evolution era kicked off, you know, they started with those hashtags, give divas a chance back when it was still divas and stuff like that. It just really started building. And there was just more things kind of showing of the dissatisfaction and the unfairness and all that stuff. And then you had the four horsewomen coming up on the NXT and, and it was just like all coming to head at once. And so I just feel like maybe a lot of this stuff is coming to head so it, could prog it can progress to, you know, the right changes. I hope. That's just me having some optimism. Yeah, I mean, it's never know. Maybe, maybe they've heard the cries. We, we've seen things happen organically, and uh, the uproar from social media get things pushed or added. So maybe we'll see in the next twenty-four hours or so if that changes. Um, but to move move forward, we got another quote coming in from the guy who possibly is the reason that the match got pushed. <laughs> so, well, La Knights in the media saying that he doesn't believe that he needs a title let this whole momentum thing go stagnant guys what do you guys know what, what do you guys want to have all thoughts about that well i read i read everything he said and i totally respected what he he was saying 
in a sense of just like a respect the fact that he's just like, all right, look, I ain't even got any. I, I don't need the title. It's like, that's cool. You can give it to it or not. I don't need the title. It's just like, but it's evident that it's like, don't sleep on the push. It's like, just, it's like, get the right storyline, the right rivalry, whatever it is. Clearly the people want it. I don't, I don't think it necessarily needs to be a title right now. It's just don't sleep on, you know, what the people want right now. And I think people just want to see more LA Knight. It's like, I'm an LA Knight fan myself. Do I need to see a belt on LA Knight right now? No, I don't think he needs an intercontinental United States or the, like, I don't think he needs a title shot right now. Honestly, you know, I, I just think he needs the right storylines and, and whatnot. And so what what when when we're going back and looking at like you know Becky and Trisha's storyline, there is no title involved in it. And that is just it's just a great match that we're looking forward to and all that stuff. And so I just think if this was what it was pushed pushed off for, that was unfair. You know what I'm saying? And this is coming from a big LA Knight fan, too. Is like I think that's unfair then, but um going to just what you know, LA Knight is just saying, I respect what he's saying, man. I understand. I get it. The well, man what is he's on... saying is pretty much that ahead, uh, there should be some type of progression. So yes. like what, yeah. what's the yeah. what's the proper progression for him then? Like if he appears yeah. on TV every week and he gets the pops and stuff like that, what's the natural progression to where this doesn't get stale or to where it we don't get tired of it? It has to be a storyline with a rivalry. It has to be a long form, like not super long form, but he has to have the right rivalry with somebody that builds a story and everything like that, that carries on. And it's just like, they're getting revenge on each other, different things. It's like, you remember when Stone Cold and Booker T had they shit in there in the, 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 grocery store and all that like stuff like that it ain't got nothing to do no title just real good story shit it's entertaining that's where it needs to progress honestly another friday here another friday discussing why la Knight has not been put the rocket put on his back he should have ran the you know the united states uh title tournament in my opinion i'm not one of those people that say he needs to be world champion right now because we both know that's ridiculous I'm not even going to say even Intercontinental Championship because taking off of Gunther at this point, it wouldn't make any sense. He needs to have a longer run, and him and Drew need to settle out what they're going to do. If they're going to test out, if he really is going to be making money, and a viable star and a viable champion, which we know he is, put the U.S. title and let him run with it. Mm. I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even understand. Wait, what is the deal with the U.S. title? Mysterio, did he get – was that K-Fab? Did he really, really hurt himself in that match? Cause he really hurt himself. He really did hurt himself in that match. Yeah. Okay. They so, covered it up very well, but he actually got hurt. Yeah. No, it, it looked it looked like a hard blow to the back of the head. No, and you know, I didn't know if he was playing it off or he really got it he was really concussed. The only reason I disagree with the him having a United States uh title is because he's not getting mid card level pops. He's getting <laughs> high card level pops. And so it's just like might as well just keep the belt off of him, let him keep getting those level pops until it's time. For, for for that, I just intercontinental, you know, it, it's just like Gunther got that unlocked. I wouldn't, I'm not interested in seeing the United States t- title on on LA Knight. I'm not. He I think it to- would, I think it would bring it down. If they, it feels like a demotion for the level of the pops he's getting right now. That's but he need, he needs to roast someone that that means something. No disrespect okay, so to, no disrespect to Hit Row, man, but 
grossing top dollar at week in and week out is not gonna get the job done. And I love and I like Hit Row, but if you gonna make LA Knight a, a, the big fish in the pond, he's gotta go roast some folks that that has some some weight to it, even they have a belt or not. Austin Theory is still the champion. I got that correct, right? Yes, he is. And we have talked about before how Austin Theory's reign has pretty much been silent, and the Cena rub did not help him. Put him in a program with LA Knight and make it happen. It will help both of them. Both of them need it. What were you going to say, Cedric? We see a lot of NXT crossover. Is it possible? I mean, is it far-fetched to say that you can have them do a program with Dominic Mysterio since no. Judgment Day is so huge? Do a program no. with Carmelo no. Hayes? I, I, I got to disagree with I, that. I don't want to see LA Knight going against a faction or someone in a faction. That's 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 because they have to gang up and he has to. It's like I just want to see him one on one with with somebody, whoever that right. And the it's like I said, I'm not interested in him having the United States title, but a rivalry with him and Austin Theory would probably be really like I think he would roast the hell out of Austin Theory. It's just I think it would be a good dynamic and good matches. But um. I, I agree with that point. I think the only Cedric said the only reason why I disagree with the NXT idea is. Anytime someone from the main roster goes down to NXT, it's to elevate the talent down there. And Don Mysterio is helping elevate talent down there. LA Knight is trying to get over the hump. So do we but put I mean, him down? If you want to wanna draw, if you want to draw on Tuesday night saying you say, hey, this, this formula is working. We, we got this Endeavor deal coming up. We got three brands. We don't just got two. And you take yeah. the biggest merch seller and all that thing, you – Hey, go down Tuesday real quick and yeah, get that yeah. pop, and let's get the social media views up. Short, short-term fix that still gets that trajectory, and it doesn't keep you away from a storyline so much on the main roster because you're still the most popular act. I'm in I my mind. I'm trying to see how we get to January where this is still hot, and maybe you can organically do like a Royal Rumble win. I do. I think you you breaking it down like that with NXT. I think that makes even more sense. I think because it, it's just a way to like okay, give it a break off of Raw SmackDown for a little bit and stuff. And people at NXT excited and stuff, and it just makes us watch Raw and SmackDown miss them for maybe a couple weeks. He pops up out of nowhere or something. Who knows? It's just like, yeah, I think that's a good because. It's so, like I said before, I'm w worried. W I'm worried just because it's so hot right now. It's just like I don't want them to, them to mess it up because it, it, like you could easily just mess it up. <laughs> WWE is like dating right now. They're scared to commit. They're scared <laughs> to commit, man. There goes the dating I, references. I'm saying that. Look, I, I, I know you guys probably saw. Man. I know you guys saw the the Cody Rose doc this week. Like I did, and seeing the end of that only made me more mad. Of why did they not pull the trigger on him? I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't want to hear this long term story nonsense. You can still do long story telling as a champion. If you can't long term book a champion, that's your fault. Mm. If you can't long term book a champion, that means you have no confidence and he could be the guy. Cody Rose can be the guy. La Knight can be a guy as well. I don't know what you're scared of. Commit. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got that c word again i'm just gonna, just gonna gloss over it <laughs> we're gonna go to the next topic now drew mcintyre <laughs> drew mcintyre is in the media this week ahead of his match against gunther saying he's not willing to turn heel unless it makes perfect sense gentlemen what are your thoughts on that because i mean i feel like going heel was like the trendy thing to do like, hey, yeah. we, we we don't really have anything to do. Let's turn him heel. Turn if you heel, remember, yeah. uh, Drew McIntyre got his 
his comeuppance as a heel when he was paired with Dolph Ziggler, but then he got his big meteoric rise in the pandemic era. Never really got his just due as champion. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to dethrone Gunther because Gunther is less than 40 days away from breaking the honky tonk. So, Oh, wow. What, you got close? What, yeah. So what, close. what do we do with Drew McIntyre? He's obviously a hot act. We had speculation that he was possibly not going to renew and he's still in the company. Mm-hmm. And he said that doing things like the things like Cena, he says he sees why Cena never wanted to turn the hill, like go doing things like the Special Olympics and the Make a Wish are the reasons why you don't want to go on the other side of the road yeah. because it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's hundred yeah. percent fair. No, I think I I I think that's cool. Like, really, I'm I'm that way, but I agree with you. I think yeah, it's kind of like a heel trend thing, and it's I'm always about even though I'm more of a fan of heels. It always has to make sense. Like, like it's kind of like how villains are in superhero movies. If your villain has no other, that has no purpose but just to want to take over the world, just for the, just to take over the world, it's just like and there's nothing to it. It's not a good villain, you know. You like a villain that actually has some reasoning behind it that you can almost understand. Like, okay, I understand why why snap. Or, you know, whatever. It's just like, so when the storyline has the heel, well, it makes sense why that person flipped or or was kind of headed towards that direction, then that's great. But just trying to force it, just the what? Just because it's like, oh, we're going to pair you uh, match in a match or a tag team thing against this. So they're good guys. So that means we have to turn you heel. That's that manufactured bullshit. And so I, I totally totally understand and 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 agree like if i was in if i was a wrestler that's how i would be like i wouldn't want to do anything that didn't make sense it was just thrown together and manufactured no heel turns always have to make sense and, and mcintyre is a beast as a heel let's be let's we all agree on oh that. he is clear on that. like yeah. he's a great heel yeah but but the turn has got to make sense and I, I agree that keeping the title on gunther longer makes even more sense he's one of the the newer talents in the last four to five years that has done a phenomenal job. Imperium's a great stable. They have a great aura about them. They got to keep building as a monster. I don't know when it would fall. I don't know who would be the one to take him down, but they have to keep that belt on him. I think it's smart for business to keep the belt on him. I think Drew loses tomorrow. What they do with him afterwards, I don't know. I do know that we've heard from Sheamus that he's not been happy with his momentum pushes, given his bout with him at uh, Clash of the Castle and, of course, their phenomenal three-way at WrestleMania. So I don't know if he gets back into it with Sheamus. I don't think they keep going after they ch- keep chasing Gunther together. They're, they're, those two are on separate brands, so they don't they don't uh, interact right now. And, oh, you know, sure. LA Knight's taking on Sheamus tonight. So we talked about LA Knight finally – Facing the the wily vet and having a vet to go over. If, oh yeah, so, I did remember right. that rivalry. I'm excited for that. So yeah, uh, Boza brings up a good point. If not Drew defeating Gunther, uh, then who does it? And I, I don't think Drew needs this because uh, Drew's already been to the top of the mountain, and you want to yeah. elevate Gunther to that transfer. And I'm gonna Chad fucking Gable does it. <laughs> Rolling German suplexes for everybody. That's what I need. You want to elevate somebody to that stratosphere. You want to make Alpha Academy look uh, reputable. Chad Gable. You, you know what? I fuck with that idea. I'm not 100%. too mad at that. I'm not uh, 100%. too mad at that. 
I agree because I I love where Alpha Academy has been now, like what it's doing. I'm loving it. And Chad Gable, man, he's been through, God, he's been through so many evolutions. And it's just like even having to go through that Shorty G era. Oh, my God. And for him to be able to get out of that and be where he is now. So I agree with you on that, that would be magnificent. Chad, Chad Gable may be the real, maybe the pro wrestling Teflon Don after escaping the Shorty G gimmick, man. man. So that 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 was awful. Yeah, you can pull that on a Monday Night Raw, like I don't know, in 30, 40 days from now, and like it would it would go over so well. Wait, I, a quick question: Who's the Teflon Don of the last couple of years? Is it is it Chad Gable or or is it? Liv Morgan and uh, and uh, Bobby Lashley escaping that whole fiasco storyline. If you if you put me if you put those two as my option, the one with Lana, Lana? Back, the one with Lana, that, oh, oh. Joint, yeah, that was that was bad. And Liv oh, has well. made herself a reputable part of the women's division. Like she's always in the mix. So like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was that was te- tear that script up. Thank God everybody survived that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was just getting you know who getting vengeance on uh uh Rusev leaving. Yeah, Shout out was, to the Bulgarian. Yeah, so that's all that that was. I'm like, man, uh, like because he especially who who else did he do? So it's like he does stuff like he did that, with, and then the Canellises, the Canellises when they found out they were oh, pregnant. Man. Yeah. And how that whole story turned and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was that. That is, yeah. Next subject. <laughs> Speaking of Liv Morgan, that's a great segue because she comes in top 10 on a list that was done by the worldwide leader, ESPN, for the top 30 wrestlers under 30. Now, yeah. this, last, this list was heavily critiqued and broken down by having some notorious omissions, but. In my eyes, it kind of took like the people who are on our TV screens in a main capacity, if you would. So uh, people were saying like, yeah. hey, where's Ilya Dragunov, things like that. And I get it. Maybe people are placed too high. What do you guys think of the rankings overall? I don't have the list in front of me. So can you give me the top 10 just, just real quick? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go 10 through 1 right now, starting at 10. Logan Paul, Liv Morgan, Kanoska Takeshita, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Dominic Mysterio at number five. Mm. El Hijo del Vikingo at number four. Austin Theory at number three. Rhea Ripley at number two. MJF at number one. I mean, the number one is correct. We Can we all agree on that? I'm surprised. Um, I know Braun Breaker had a successful NXT run, man, but I'm surprised he's, high, he's that high. I, am I tripping for saying that? Braun being that high? Like top yeah. ten? Am I, am I, no, I mean like five. Would you like five, you said? Six. Six? Yeah, no, six. I think I could take that. I think we can take that. Do, I mean, Dom like, was number five. Five. Yeah, yeah. so I was going to ask what, what, what was your opinion on Dom being number five? You, you know what? If he didn't have the heat he did, I don't think he'd be number five right now. I, th- I think, Very I true. think his char- his character work has been better than his in ring work. Can, oh, yeah. can we agree on that? Yeah. So Absolutely. and remember, it's it's not just the in ring; it's the character work as well. Yeah, and he can. Uh, we we've talked about it on the show before. That ring can also be shared with Rhea Ripley, who's on that top five with him. He doesn't get over without her. 
that relationship is part of it, which is why it's an atrocity that she's not on that SummerSlam bill. Um, is there anybody outside of that top 10 that's like in the top 20 that everybody just threw red flags at? Because again, I I don't have the list in front of me, so I one, can't One say. thing for me, um, there's some honorable mentions in here. You have uh, Cameron Grimes, Creed Brothers, Chris Statlider, Leo Rush, Maki Ito, um, Kyle Fletcher, Aussie Open, Roxanne Perez is not featured on this list. Hmm. So there's some there's some omissions. Like I look at something like a Daniel Garcia. He's coming in at 29. Wow. I feel like that might be way too low for somebody who's a great technical wrestler who is getting a character over consistently over this past year. So that might be kind of low. The, the Alex Wright dancing maybe didn't help his rankings. That that that, that actually entertains <laughs> me. That, that shit's hilarious to me. That that may or may not have helped, but no. Ilya Dragunov is a uh, 20, 26. Which I think I think he's that low maybe because he's 29 years old, but still pretty low. Tyler Bate, 28. Tyler Bate was a great NXT UK champion. Like we, we're forgetting how young he was when he won that title and all the bangers right. he put on when going through previously known as Walter over there. Like I know this current stateside NXT run has been kind of weird. They're giving him kind of the hippie uh, meditation yoga gimmick, but like mask can go. Like. Right. Yeah, I think I I think the list. I mean, the list reminds me of most like different like lists that people like that are posted up by publications, and they're usually like I feel like they usually are always going to put popularity first, uh, on you know over technical skill. You know, they always but that 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 because that is the proper priority over technical skill always, and that's kind of just even in the music industry. It, it is like that's how the music industry is. Like age, strip, popularity over technical skill. And that's I, I mean, just what those charts are sometimes. Lists like this are always going to be shredded apart. No one's ever going to be 100% happy. They're they're fun to debate over, but no one's ever 100% happy with it. So I think well, they have the they have the right idea. The 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 order of the list is always debatable, but I think we all can agree there's a lot of people on that list that deserve to be on that list without question. Yeah, deservedly so. Uh, maybe you move some people around. I think a lot of people were looking at. I think Austin Theory at number three, and they were like, hmm. "Yeah." But but we but we know he has all the physical gifts, all the tools. It's just yeah, and it's just I guess it's just sometimes the character has to get more believable. Like we said, yeah, it's a popularity thing. So um, yeah, I could see him. I could see him on his way to being number three, but right now, no. Yeah, I mean, they, Eastman did the right thing. They created some engagement with that. So we got we got some minutes left, guys. We got a few stories here. Which one do you guys want to go to? Let me go. Let me go through the the roll Rolodex here. Um, let's see. Where is it? Ah. Oh, I like to talk about this one. The boss is in Detroit. I want to okay. We we go to that because I want to end with that. But I mean, we can. Oh go well, there. I just we like, I didn't know. Okay, but it's like not three fifty three. Felt like we're going. We can come back around to that. We'll come back around okay. to that if you want. Okay, okay, okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll touch on. We already touched on the Slim Jim thing. Wait, okay, let's touch on. Let's see. Um, 
some of this year's SummerSlam tryout participants. While we're talking about Detroit, actually, this is a great segue. So while WWE was having tryouts in Detroit, uh, Zoe Stark uh, felt uh, kind of way about it. And um, she said something along the lines of, that's such a pet peeve of mine. I wanted to stand up and say, why the hell are you here then? Go back on the football field if that makes you happy. That's fine. I have people who would kill to be in your very position, and that's a slap in the face. You know, so she's, 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 she's not really uh, excited about them doing tryouts in Detroit when, you know. I think th- I, I think it's not just the Detroit tryouts. I think it's the whole WWE's program of finding new talent because they're not really banking on indies as much. They were trying to they're trying to homegrown their own talent, doing it their way. So basketball players, football, track and field, triathlon, whatever sport you want to throw in there. Um, I think this kind of maybe sends a message of maybe how some of the locker room feels about these, you know, open tryouts per se. It's like, how come, <laughs> how come, you know, the indie, you know, the people that are busting their asses in the indies are not getting these shots? Is there anything against it? Are these, are these are open and potential? I mean, these are open tryouts, right? Like these are not, are these specifically invites where anybody from an indie can pull up or? I feel like I, I don't know the rules like and regulations. A, um, I feel like they need like a potential there to get a, um, a tryout. Like you have to have some type of, uh, background in a sport, or maybe you got maybe the WWE is seeking somebody out. Like, you know, if you made like, for example, if you were on the XFL roster last year and maybe you're on the bubble, or maybe you uh, didn't get drafted in the NFL, they say, Hey, we we think you have what it takes. Do you want to come try this workout? I think what was very telling for me from the video is that a lot of the people that were hosting the trial, as far as WWE talent, were the younger superstars, so the guys, of t- guys and girls of tomorrow. So we see Stark, we saw Trick Williams in the video kind of introducing everything. Um, and these are, like you said, it's a different era. We're not taking the people from the Indies. We're taking these uh, these fresh athletes like that can play almost any sport that mm-hmm. should translate very easily. But I think Zoe's ire came from the fact that people don't necessarily want to be WWE superstars. They're just there maybe because the company reached out to them and they're just like, hey, I can... I can, I can, I'm an athlete. I can translate to this pretty easily. It's not my goal though. Yeah. No, cause you hear that, you hear those stories a lot where there was, you know, someone who wasn't even interested in wrestling, you know, but they, they, they they're an athlete doing something. And then someone suggested like, have you thought about wrestling? And they go and they're like, oh, okay. You know, so we've heard stories like that before. And maybe, you know, people behind the scenes feel a certain way. I mean, I'm seeing what Joseph's saying in the bottom here. This is feel like the high-end version of Tough Enough. You know, great television, but it did give us the Miz. It did give us one of the <laughs> the most important, you know, superstars in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. So in that pick of the litter, there can be legit stars and people who really want to do this. But I understand Zoe's, it's, it's kind of like the music business. Just because you have a desire to sing doesn't mean you don't you need to be having a record deal. Leave room for the folks that really, really are about this and want to do this. So I understand, like, I mean, we're Tom. I mean, the top of today's show, we're talking about time on the card. You know, how do you, you know, compete for time on the card with all uh, a hefty locker room in both companies? So I understand, like, one more person in there is 
You know, that could be people may see it as that someone's taking food off my plate. So I get it. You know, it's a compet- this is a competitive business. So I think anybody, should, if they really, I, my, my overall thing is, and I say this as a DJ, because I feel like everybody's trying to be a DJ nowadays. If your heart is in it and you really want to take to the craft and, and really be about it, great. Welcome aboard. But if you're doing it just to be doing it because it's a hobby and try to be cool, you know, then the people who really about it got an issue about it. So I understand. It's not a gatekeeper mentality. It's are you really serious about this or not? Because the people out here have been busting their asses doing the small gigs and these gigs and cross country trying to make a name and, and get a spot on the car. You know, it's like you walk in here for 10 minutes and do a tryout. But then again, it's not that they're going to be on TV in a minute. Uh, look at... um. What's homeboy, the Olympic wrestler they signed that just debuted on NXT? Um, oh, Gable. Stevenson. Gable? Gable, Gable, yeah. How long has he been signed to a contract? Was it three, four years and he finally got on TV? So he really had to develop. They really had to develop him. And they lit his ass up on FPLE last week. <laughs> He's going to have a hard road uphill. Uh, and... Any type of if – you, if you got fans – Cheering Baron Corbin in your match, you are doing something wrong. <laughs> Baron is here to be a heel and a heel and only. hated. Everybody loves to hate Baron Corbin. <laughs> Baron that Corbin is here. Lot, you can pull up. Flips, we, we like to see you get punched in the face. Yeah, it was that, it was cheering for Baron Corbin. That that wow. And, and see, and maybe the audience, you know, tends to that. Like, who is this guy? What makes you think you can be Kurt Angle to come in here? You know, and, and be the next guy. You know, and and Kurt is one of the most. You know, we've heard it time and time again. Kurt was the most naturally, you know, took to the business. Even though he came from an amateur background, he got it immediately in terms of the translation from amateur pro wrestling to you know, quote unquote, sports entertainment. So it's it's you got to earn that with the fans, man. Because yeah, the company may like you, but you got to earn that with the fans as well. So. And maybe that that lighting up was a welcome to the locker room. <laughs> a wake hey, up call. At least it wasn't the APA, man. He could have got the APA treatment. Wake up call for sure. I want to touch Ooh. on this one before we get up out of here. I thought it was a really cool story, and people are gonna think what they want about it. But The Rock pulled up on uh, this UFC fighter, uh, who notably um, donated some of his his fight winnings to his his countryside to give them clean water and stuff like that. He actually pulled up on him, surprised him and bought him a house. Have you guys seen this video floating around? No, I haven't seen I have. it. That's it's, dope. it's beautiful. The dude from Zimbabwe, correct? Had correct. $7 in his wallet. Sounds familiar. Just like Rocky. And you know what? The, the rock say what you say, say what you say about the rock, but he is someone that's always paid it forward. And a lot of his actions, he's been one that's paid it forward, man. And it's not like he bought him dinner. This man bought him in the house. Like that's that's and, and and that shows, you know, he has faith in this guy. Like this, you don't invest someone in someone's house and go, "Hey, have a nice life. Here's a house." He really believes this guy can't be champion. And when you come with good intentions, you leave with great intentions and hard work. Great things happen, man. And the universe just looks out for you, man. Whatever you believe, whether it be the universe, whether it be God, whatever you're looking, you know, everybody believes in out here. You know, the world tends to look out for you, man. So that's dope for Rocky to do that. And at, at that clip, homeboy just say, you know, you can shake my hand and take my word. I'm going to be champion one day. So when homeboy is raising that UFC belt down the line, man, you know, this is going to be a hell of an origin story. It's crazy, man. Like, bought the house, 
bills are paid, lights are on. And it's like, wow. The man took all his fight gear from his first win. And was like, hey, let me auction this because I get some bucks off this. I want to put clean water in Zimbabwe. Right. Rock pulls up on him and does a great deal. I think he might even bought him a, a, a car as well. Say, like, hey, how, where are you sleeping? How are you getting around? Type of thing. The Rock has been. He's notoriously uh, for for all the negativity we give him in this wrestling space for not pulling up during his bloodline storyline. He is notoriously generous, and it's it's beautiful to see his generosity because whatever happened on the hills of Black Adam and all the bad press he got in Hollywood, the man went and supported the the workers on strike right now, the actors with the biggest donation ever, and we see him continuously uh, palms down. I like to say towards his fellow man and woman and that's it's a great thing to see he is truly the people's champ in this situation without question yeah absolutely you can't, can't say it any better than that like sure. just doing it i don't know about shaw the, the the rumors are that we might see him do some stuff for grayson waller this weekend we'll we'll see we'll see uh, i think i think he's got time right now i think he has time too and I think he's got you know time. and you know and you know what I love about that? That if we get Dwayne uh, pulling up at SummerSlam, that it's going to be in a beautiful city. A beautiful city. And I know you guys see this hat. I see You see the Crenshaw hat, <laughs> but you see the Detroit Pistons hat. And we know we do WWT Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You might have heard some banter here a couple days ago about this great city, about somebody who didn't know, like, what there was to do. And I gave her a list of things to do to go to get the Coney dolls, go to Motown and all that. And TK hit us up in the chat and she was at Hitsville earlier today. <laughs> she was at Hitsville right. visiting Motown. And look at yeah. TK right there having the time of her life. Woo! Having the time of her life, just in awe of all this, yes. all this history and this rich culture and the beautiful city of Detroit. Her and Nikki are down there doing it big. Loving the good old city of Detroit, getting that rich culture, that history. I heard they enjoyed some Coney Dogs. We're going to have more footage and more film of this this upcoming Monday of the great time they had just visiting the sites, visiting SummerSlam. I even heard TK even told him to send me a text and said she might purchase a house out there. That's how dope this is. So I'm glad that all that negativity we had from a couple of days ago <laughs> is gone. That, and like she's really enjoying the city of Detroit. Is- that is a beautiful picture, right? That is a beautiful picture right there. It's so lifelike, man. Like I think I think I see yeah. Smokey Robinson in the back right there. <laughs> man, like, it's look, a, at the it, awe. look at the arms yeah. being in front of that. You're like, you when you think about Motown, you think like Michael, like Stevie, and all this. It's amazing. I, I, it, dude, I, it, I know you guys are in the chat and you see all the great things she's saying about the city, man. I'm just I'm just happy she's able to experience it firsthand and has already said she's made travel plans to go right back right after SummerSlam. And for anybody else, if you haven't been to Detroit and you go, make sure you go to Hitsville, USA. It's really, really amazing. You get to see all kinds of stuff. You get to find out what Stevie Wonder's favorite candy bar was and how, you know, he had the exact one at the same spot on the machine each time so he know where to get it. You see, you know, the instruments they were playing. You get to see Michael Jackson's glove. You get to see a whole bunch of other stuff, too, when they show just, like, how you know, that building next to it, the the, uh, the white building, that's where the studio and, and everything, but the building next to it was where the house was for Barry Gordy and where they did all the office and, and administration. And then they had even stuff, the talent development across the street. There's just so much stuff, so much rich history. So make sure you go there because, man, it's a lot shout of soul. Out, 
Shouts out to Motown for creating basically the modern music industry, the conveyor belt we have today. They invented it, so shouts out to Motown for that. Shouts out to Eminem. Shouts out to Slum Village, Jay Dilla, and Some shouts out really? to Black Milk as well. By the yes. some of my favorite Detroit artists. That new Black oh, Milk. Oh, slap it. Go get that. Real quick, rest in peace, KJ Holiday from WJLB. Yep. Rest in peace. Shout out to Shannon Bamia out in Detroit as well. Just want to say that. Three one three. You know, much love. I've been showing nothing but love each time I've gone to, to, to the D. And, you know, I'm from the other, other D. You know, there's Dallas and then the other, other D, Denver, you know. Uh, yeah, so I love the day, man. <laughs> there's a beautiful book out there you can purchase by Amy Eckert. It's titled 100 Things to Do in Detroit Before You Die. I'll be making sure that we have that for all the WWT family so you can just experience that great culture in the city of Detroit. But, guys, we got to get up out of here. SmackDown is coming on uh, pretty soon. And we got a lot of shows, y'all. I want to uh, talk to y'all about the shows you have. But before we get about it here on this good Friday, gentlemen, tell the good people where they can find you. Go ahead, DJ Chuck. DJ Chuck, the old soul here, live from IHOP. I'm about to back up these pancakes right here that I've been sitting on the last hour. <laughs> find me at the old soul HFP on Instagram, the old soul HFP. Check out my group on the full productions, our album, The Black Odyssey, all our documentary stuff on YouTube and music videos. And I want to shut up and get this and make sure I Booney gets his time because I got 21% left on my phone. So I'm gonna be quiet and let my man get his <laughs> get his plugs in and say thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know where to and just look me up at Booney Mayfield on Instagram or just uh, find me on YouTube, uh Booney Mayfield. Make sure to check out me and my wife's comedy show called Boon TV on YouTube. We're on some straight new age sunny and share shit some straight music comedy you will enjoy it uh, but it, but it's on some crazy comedy so make sure you check us out uh, it'll make you laugh if you if you got a good enough sense of humor <laughs> and of course i'm says is on twitter c-e-w-d underscore s-a-y-s you can find me in the threads and the ig it said is the answer you can catch out some articles that we should be dropping this weekend for ddt.com and uh for looking at SummerSlam and all the predictions this weekend. Of course, on Women's Wrestling Talk Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Boza, Santana, Cool Gamer, everybody that joined us and participated today. We appreciate y'all. Enjoy SummerSlam this weekend. Like I said, we have a lot of shows here on this network. We're going to give you a quick preview of that. Make sure you check them out. We'll be back Monday for Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one platform for women's wrestling. See you guys later. Women's Wrestling Talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet